0: And it sort of made me think oh, maybe what I do is something I can share with the kids and we can make that part of the school thing. So I was starting to feel a bit like how do I juggle all the things and have my practice and have the kids at home and then I think I just went through a phase of thinking okay I, I've got to try and combine them somehow.
1: Raising children, having an art practice and making it through isolation. How do you do it in a way that works for everyone in the family? This is Far Away So Close, a new podcast from Art Guide Australia with Tiani Mikas. In this series, we're taking a personal approach to consider the experiences, anxieties and opportunities emerging in the arts in our new COVID-19 world. And for this episode, we're looking at parenting and creating with artists Ty Snaith and Ross Coulter. I'll admit that I don't have children, but I of course know people who do, and I wondered how they were handling what's been a huge life upheaval right now. How are people, and creatives in particular, working while also looking after children? Since Ty Snaith has long interrogated the links between motherhood and creating art both as part of her practice and throughout her great podcast A World of One's Own I wanted to know if she was able to be fully present as an artist and as a parent right now and if so how she was doing it.
0: I was just trying to think about whether there's even a theory to it I think you just go with what you know really like you just kind of work it out you know everyone's just working it out as they go along but I think I went through a phase where I was feeling really a bit depressed and lost and didn't know what was going on because everything I had on got cancelled and I had a couple of shows coming up and I had a heap of workshops which is How I make most of my income. And so I think, like everyone else, I just felt a bit unsure. And then I just went into homeschooling. So, because that's been so full on, my two kids are at home and they're primary school age and they're in two different age groups, so grade one and grade four. So it's quite different what they're meant to learn. So you just become this kind of facilitator. And also, I don't really like doing things at arm's reach. So I don't want to just put them on a computer. And that's not really how we parent anyone. So I've been quite involved in the whole schooling thing. And to be honest, there's been quite a lot of silver linings to it. You know, even within the first week, my eldest son, who's nine, asked me if I could teach him how to sew just out of the blue. (laughs) That's so nice. It was so gorgeous. And it was really, yeah, it was really lovely for me to just sort of think, wow, there are these things that maybe wouldn't have happened if this situation hadn't have come along. So I taught him how to sew and it sort of made me think, ah, oh, maybe what I do is something I can share with the kids and we can make that part of the school thing. So I was starting to feel a bit like, how do I juggle all the things and have my practice and have the kids at home? And then I think I just went through a phase of thinking, okay, I've got to try and combine them somehow and you do it naturally anyway I mean I'm relatively creative at home with everything I do anyway and I my studio is at home so that helps but I really I think I consciously just took a bit of pressure off myself and just transferred it onto working with the kids so the creativity you realize pretty quickly just finds a new home and it's really just the shame or the sort of ideology that you've got to change in that for this short amount of time I'm going to apply those creative ideas to my kids rather than you know my projects or my exhibitions or my writing or whatever and not feel bad about that because as a feminist and as someone that's worked through a lot of hardships and having you know coming from a working class family and yeah, you know, I work really hard and also having had two young kids, you get through this difficult stage when they're little and you get back into your practice and then you really love it and they go to school and you've got all this time and you make work. And so to be thrown back into that almost like baby land where you've got them both at home, it's pretty full on. It's really confronting. Like you don't have any time to do exercise or get dressed or like and also you're doing still all the other domestic labour that I've always done, which is okay, but it's not when you're also teaching and you know so everything just sort of evaporates and you go back to that i call it the cave which you just just all in together but i feel i feel like what i've learned maybe since they've been babies where i used to feel really depressed and sad about the whole situation of not having enough time for my own work is that you can it, it comes back and i feel like this time has taught me that you can actually just focus that creative energy for a while on different aspects of your life
1: Yeah. But do you feel like there's going to become a point where, um, instead of, I guess, conflating your art practice with parenthood and, you know, finding ways to make it work or just reining back what you're doing, there will be a point where you'll be like, no, I need to be there equally as a parent and equally as an artist for myself.
0: Yeah. But I do think that, I do think that we're starting to see art in a slightly different way. And through this, I mean, we've lost real spaces, pretty quickly like we've lost theatres and we've lost exhibition spaces we've lost anything that's in in real life pretty quickly right so we're starting to sort of think about and I've noticed it a lot more is people starting to think about how art is part of their lives um, more maybe than before so people talking about doing more things at home or having to work from home and that maybe not necessarily being a bad thing and you know if you think back to like how our great grandparents lived really not even my grandparents but our great grandparents lived in that I know that a lot of women's work in terms of creative work wasn't recognized as their artwork which I don't think is great but I do think that it was integrated um pretty well back then and I do think that there's an opportunity for us to maybe just integrate our work a bit more into our lives like we we segregate a lot of stuff in our practices you know
1: So you think it's more of a chance to actually just rethink how we see art and how we create art more generally?
0: Yeah, and maybe like a chance to make it in some aspects a bit more relevant. You know, there's a whole lot of society. I I love art and I love high-end art and I love theatre and I love dance, but I also recognise that there's a whole lot of people out there that – don't even get it, like they don't even ever have those opportunities and I feel like this is a chance for us to a little bit maybe to start to reinstate how art is in our lives and how, you know, the boundaries that we've worked for so many years to break down, like the division between art and craft or art and design or fashion, why have we been breaking them down, you know? Like it's so that we can actually utilise stuff in our lives. And I feel like this parenting at home thing has made it pretty clear for me that creativity is really quite adaptable and it's something that as humans we'd be better off if we learnt how to adapt it into our lives more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have your children been taking to that adaptation well and handling isolation well?
0: Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. They're I mean they're sort of used to me anyway, but they're <laughs> they're really good they're really good boys. Like they're we've got fairly st- strict well not strict that's not the right word but we've got strong and clear boundaries in our um family so you know we're really strict on screen usage so we don't ever use screens during the day I feel like that that has been useful for me and I've been really grateful that we've done that since they were kids and not to not to be like you know um what's the word like preachy or whatever I I've just always been known that that's been important and In those first few weeks, I was like, oh, thank God we did that because it just made it just so much easier to make that work. So, yeah, the boys are pretty good and they're really both quite crafty. So once we finish the school stuff, they're both into, like, one of them's into carving things. So at the moment he's carving some drumsticks out of oak, which is pretty cute, and then one's really into dance and music, so they love it. I reckon they've they've actually probably progressed more than they would <laughs> if they were at school anyway. Not to – well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe in some aspects and maybe in others they – maybe maths, I don't know, I'm not very good at maths.
1: Yeah, no, it's a different kind of life at the moment, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of beautiful in some ways, like we'll look back on it and just think, wow, what a weird, you know, 10 weeks or whatever it's going to be of time together. And quite lovely when they're this young. I feel really lucky they're not teenagers.
1: (laughs) True. Could we wind back a little bit to a time pre-COVID just for a second because I know you've long thought about that link between being a mother or caregiver and having an art practice and it was something that really kept coming up in your podcast series A World of One's Own where you talk to many artists about and often the balance between being maternal and having a practice was something that did keep coming up. What were some of the things you noticed about that link before we were in isolation and have you had any new thoughts on the link between parenting and creating in our current period?
0: I think it's just become pretty clear to me that um mothers particularly well particularly creative mothers do a lot <laughs> so I think women that manage to have kids and have a practice through that time it's pretty amazing and I do feel like I know it's it's gendered but at the same time it's the majority of cases is women you know doing that extra load on top of a creative practice and there's some really good examples of men that do it and have an art practice and do the main care gi- giving, but it's a lot of women do it. And it has made me just see what's happening at the moment. Like a lot of people sort of saying, oh, we've gone back to the 1950s and all of a sudden I'm doing everything again. And I kind of feel like that a little bit myself, but in some ways it makes me realize how strong a lot of us need to be to maintain that practice through that time. And it's not for everyone. And I realized that doing the podcast, I mean, I had lots of really interesting feedback of people saying they felt... I don't know, alienated or they felt like I was too hardcore in saying that women should continue a practice through char- having children. But, I, I mean, that's just my... Yeah, and no, I had lots of really varied feedback from women particularly. But for me, that's just my experience is that in order for me to not feel invisible and for my practice to not die, I needed to keep doing that. And for me to, you know, have like a publisher and have books published during that time was essential because one of the things that when you, you're you a young mother and you just become, you feel like you're invisible and you just, especially in the art world, you you know, you can't go to openings and you just feel a bit like you drop out of the loop. So for me, having a practice was essential and, and some kind of public foothold, I guess you would call it. But, but a lot of women, yeah, I, a lot of the response I got was also that that was a, a huge pressure that I shouldn't have been putting on people. Um, and I also, I recognise that, I get that. I get that some women want to just, focus on motherhood and that's cool but my experience was not that but yeah this this weird time has made it pretty clear that there's some incredible women out there doing more than both you know running a business as well as having a practice as well as being a mother but we've always done that I think women have always done that and as I said before it's just that it wasn't recognized as an art practice back when our great grandmothers did it or you know when they made the doll's house by hand or they made you know all their clothes and built part of their garden and landscape you know all that kind of stuff just wasn't considered a practice back then it was just like either a hobby or something they did but it would of course was a practice it's just that the way we see creative work now is is different and I think that women now and men can stand up for those different types of practices and say hey this is also an art practice
1: Yeah, of course. And to be honest, until you even just said that, I never even thought about the fact that COVID could be a time where you could, you know, even further reclaim those, you know, what are seen as, I guess, like you said, hobbies or like things that women do for their children or domestic activities and reclaim them, you know, as an aesthetic experience or as art. I mean, that's that's pretty positive to me. Do you feel positive about what's happening right now?
0: I do because it fits with me. But I mean, I know a lot of people who have a studio that they can't go to at the moment, and that's really inhibiting for them. And I get that that would be very hard. I'm in a very fortuitous, privileged situation where I not much has changed for me. You know, I run my, I've always run my, well, not always, but since having children, I've run my studio from home, and I've had the space to do that. But for me, not much has changed. If anything, it's just established what I believed in and what I was already doing in my life. But weirdly, I was feeling a little bit ashamed about that, you know, before. Whereas now I feel kind of, um, now I feel quite proud that I have a resilient practice that can withstand this kind of time, you know. And and yes, I do support my partner in a lot of ways. But the fact that we can both work from home in creative practices and not be stressed out right now and, and be kind of happy and make it work is is quite cool, like it's quite optimistic for me.
1: Since historically it was seen as a hobby for a woman to apply her creativity within her family life, it was interesting to hear how Tai was working through this and how she was managing to maintain a semblance of a practice within her family life. But I was curious as to how other parents were faring, whether full-time parenting was full of opportunity or stress, and so I spoke to Ross Coulter to see how he and his wife, the artist Meredith Turnbull, were going with isolation and looking after a little one.
2: It's been quite tricky. My wife, Meredith Turnbull, she works at Monash, so she's got full-time load, and that includes two days' research which is kind of studio, you know, which is studio time, which is, you know, terrific. We've got a five-year-old daughter who's started prep this year. And, you know, for the first time, it's like, oh, our human's going off to school. We go off to work, slash off to the studio. It's a new beginning and a new life.
1: And then two months later, you're all home together. And then it's like, oh,
2: (laughs) we're home. You know, one way to think about it was like, Oh, this is like an you know an artist in residency program that we're all all participating on. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's one good way. I was like, but no, that, that's not what it is, Ross at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So the first, I guess, the first thing was. Yeah, the the financial uh, implications of working from home, how we're going to um, survive financially. Yeah, <laughs> then uh, homeschooling, I was like, oh, this would be great. You know, experience uh, having a you know, daughter at home. She could be like doing her writing and I'll be working on a little project on the side. I've got this project uh, colouring in my audience book. I've just got like one co- a black and white copy. Uh, the audience book is you know, black and white photographs um, reproduced in a book uh, from the audience series, I was going, oh, just colour these. This would be a little nice little colouring project.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How did that turn out for you?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> as it turns out, Gianni, you the prep needs a lot of attention and um, a lot of uh, support and uh, guidance with their work. And I'm not really sure that I, also, I am the best person for that for all the time. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of... Um, reports in the media about how, you know the parents can you know really appreciate you know have begun to really appreciate the job that their teachers do for that with their students. I think it's really you know it's, it's a great realization for people to come to. I think just the yeah it's sort of it's tricky to um, I feel like you you're confronted by your own learning abilities or inabilities or blockages or stumbling points. So in a way it's been <laughs> I it sense think of it opportunity. It's been an opportunity <laughs> for. <laughs> you know for kind of growth and you know sort of development and sort of understanding myself through the process of my um, my daughter's you know kind of education but I guess it yeah it's funny saying the word opportunity because it yeah you know, I, I have found it quite yeah, it has been kind of quite difficult we've got like a we've got a timetable that we follow fairly uh rigidly so and then we've kept weekends and we've started doing this a little while yet we've kept weekends just as for family time and not Try to let too much of art stuff encroach on the kind of family time. Like the family, you know we do family activities where we might we'll go to a gallery or an opening or not to say like it's a, yeah have an uh, an art free weekend, but yeah, we're not inclined to make that a priority, I guess, and and try to do. and you know the the realities of exhibitions and you know, keeping kind of connected to our community means that, you know, we do do stuff on the weekends, art-related, but, you know, we just try to kind of steer it towards more family and friends. Like, ultimately, we, we don't want to put our daughter off art. You know, you kind of hear of some, like, uh, children going, like, you know, I, just were drag- I was dragged to all these galleries and I just, you know, can't stand art now. And so the, the last thing you want is, yeah, to turn people off art.
1: Do you find at the moment you're having time for your creative practice?
2: Uh, it's tricky uh, in little bits, little bits. Yeah, the, I guess the promise of kind of solitude and a quiet space to work from, where you're sort of dedicated and focused on your practice, is not what's available to me at the moment. And you know what? I'm not even sure that that's my practice anyway. There's parts of that where you kind of you're sort of a bit immersed and lost. But I guess I've got a quite a social practice where I like to, I like to yeah, bump into people or go to you know, trip around to galleries, having little snippets of conversations, or catching up, you know, or intentionally catching up with people, discussing projects as a way to kind of help me kind of further the pro the artwork or further the art projects.
1: When I was talking with Ty Snaith for this podcast, she mentioned how there's a binary between family and art which isn't really the tension that she feels it's made out to be, and she's found ways, especially recently, where she feels like she's really brought her art practice into her family life. Have you had that experience at all?
2: I have had, Yeah, there have been opportunities for both Meredith and I to bring Roma into our art practice. There was a project that uh, Meredith undertook recently with Roma where they made little sculptures, vases together and sort of painted those up. And they're like, oh, actually, these are, <laughs> these are quite good. And Roma, you know, went to the garden at Shakespeare Grove Artists um, Studios, where Meredith is currently has a studio, and they like gathered flowers for the sculptures that they'd made. It was, it was these little sculptural vases. And uh, I think maybe in 2015, Claire Needham curated Meredith into a show called Mum, and Meredith and Roma made works for the show on large sheets of paper. And last year, I had a show with Roma called Roma and Ross at Musée de Strip that uh, Matthew Ware runs, which is a, a temporary mobile gallery that, yeah, that Matthew um, mm. puts up in a variety of different locations, mostly outside of gallery, like traditional gallery spaces. Like um, there's a nature, bit of Nature Strip in Carlton that he's quite fond of. So Roma and I uh, worked mm. collaboratively and kind of cura- <laughs> both curated works from, Our archives to uh, for an exhibition, so I guess it's been you know at times it's been quite with both Meredith and I consciously brought Roma into projects, and yeah, I kind of look forward to the other kind of more seeping when the activities of the child and the parents kind of just seep more um, or unconsciously into the work. That's the sort of next thing that I'm. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how that kind of eventually – or when she starts to initiate projects as opposed to just – because you don't want to feel like your parents are, you know, dragging you into something.
1: Do you think your parenting and your art practice will be influenced by this period?
2: I do think my parenting and art practice, yeah, is is being shaped and influenced. But sometimes I don't really know how that happens until down the track. It's like sometimes you make work and then – you know, you make the connections or even your friends or family or your art buddies make the connections to you or for you and call it with you later. You know, in terms of the education of, of our daughter, it's having a major impact of, you know, just about thinking about how best to support her. And I would love to be like a little fly on the wall in her classroom to, yeah, see how her teacher, see the, just to see the dynamic in the room and uh how the teacher kind of guides and, and how she's supported through the teacher by, by her you know really terrific teacher, Mr. Pike. And also the, the dynamic of the group, how that works to sort of shape and and influence her and support her. Yeah, because at home I sort of feel like you can, you know, not, not be the supportive parent so much. Sort of like don't drop your clothes in the middle of the hallway, pop them in the laundry, <laughs> you know, just the kind of thing that, you know, which, which my parents have said to me, you know, for years, don't drop your bag, put it in, the, put it in, in your room to, you know, even the way you kind of phrase that, that in, you know, instruction or request or whatever that, that might be. Uh, in that learning context, how can you – I guess the question for me is, like, how can I best support her, encourage her to try her best, and, you know, not for it to be, like, a directive or the authori- the authoritative parent figure coming down, you know, tell oh, she's always – my parents are always telling me what to – you know, my parents are always telling <laughs> me what to do. This is really going into, like, more of a, you know, parenting kind of conversation, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's interesting, I
1: don't know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've you've kind of, you've got a discipline, but you want to do that in a way that gives a person as much agency as possible, but also a kid's got to put their laundry in the laundry basket.
2: Gianni, I think you'd make a good parent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, it seems that some people are enjoying isolation and the connection it's brought with their work and their family, and others have just found it completely stressful. How do you feel about it?
2: I felt pretty, you know, I felt pretty stressed, and I guess like it's been a big, you know, the last uh, eighteen months. There's there's been a lot of sort of changes occurring, I like guess, with my art practice, but also with my primarily with my work and I'm, i feel like i'm at a point where as much as i've enjoyed being a sessional staff member at, at university and there's been a lot of opportunities because of the flexibility of that work that i guess now i'm looking for something a bit more stable and just trying to work out how to sort of transition into something that doesn't impact too greatly upon my art practice so i'd been getting some things in 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 mind for that and it was a bit Yeah, this, it was a, it's been a a difficult period where I feel like I haven't been able to concentrate on what the new steps are for me to take in terms of, you know, getting paid work, let alone that uh, enjoyment and pleasure and the the challenge of working in the studio. Uh, So yeah, it has really has been, it's been quite difficult. And you know what? Towards the end of last year, I started meditating, which has, you know, greatly helped and like, something I noticed is, like, I, as soon as I have a change in circumstances, I, you know, like, oh, I don't need a shower today. <laughs> you know, like, I mean I did a residency uh, with Jeremy Backer and um, Angela Pye in 2012, I remember oh, I went to Japan. I was like, great. And for the first three days, I was like, you know what? I don't need, need a shower. This is awesome. And they were like... Mm. <laughs> maybe a yeah, shower maybe <laughs> might be might be good
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you really you indulged in really... isolation then yeah. if that was just your thinking just for going to Japan <laughs> yeah oh it's, it'll be
2: fine oh I'm really I'm really into this vibe <laughs> just not, you know not showering uh, and the sort of the same thing as like you know oh you know what going outside is really good and I was like oh Outside, I'm inside. I can look out. You know, I'm at the. I'm in the kitchen. I can see outside the window. There's outside, but actually going outside, Ross, you feel a lot better.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's so it's so foolish, really. You sort of you know kind of forget. It's like I've got no self awareness of the the creature and what my needs are. Oh, you know, you actually need to see people's faces. You need to need to walk outside and, and at least have a you know a tiny bit of exercise. Yeah, so I guess those have been good, and also you know speaking to someone as well, like a you know professional counsellor type person, I found that you know quite uh, beneficial as well. To kind of you know sort through, sift through like you know the variety of issues, you know <laughs> the, the the variety of you know issues, whether it's uh, the precarious nature of my employment or the the challenges of I was going to say frustrations, but they are the frustrations at times the frustrations and and challenges of of homeschooling and yeah so and I guess that's that the thing of like you know taking one day at a time and I guess it's like the same with your art practice you know like some days you go like oh this is great you know this is like this is terrific and the next day you go oh what was I thinking I'm not so sure about this at all (laughs) the third day it's like this is terrible what am I you know and then someone says oh you know, I sort of like that picture you posted on Instapoop or something and you go, oh, yeah, oh yeah, maybe it's not so bad, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you kind of, I guess creativity is associated with like, at times, you know, sort of you're feeling a bit up and down about how you think your work is or what you might feel about it. So yeah, it has been, it has been challenging and we had, we played a four square with our our neighbours that we live in an apartment block in East St Kilda, and there's an apartment block next to us. And our neighbour said, "Oh, let's get some foursquare going." So we socially distanced with like eight people, and different people come in, and it was great to just do something social, uh, a little bit physical. That was totally fun, and um, you know, quite embarrassing, and you know, all those terrific things.
1: Ross and Ty were both making it work and just as Ross talked through how he was handling the stress, I asked Ty whether she was stressed and what her advice was for getting through it.
0: Uh, No, I I think if anything I need to make it clear that I'm not I'm not perfect and I'm definitely craving, I'm so craving like dancing weirdly. I never realised it was such a big part of me just every week or so going out and just trying to find strangers to dance with. Like I really miss that. But I think with the kids, for me, it just helped for me to just turn my perspective around a little bit and it always helps me to think about how quickly they're growing up and to think about... um, how soon it's going to be that they won't even be here, and how soon it'll be that I'll be feeling lonely and I'll miss them. And so, just to it just helps me to remember that perspective and to think, well, this is a chance, a really unusual chance to have them back at home with me to, you know, share what they're going through at this age rather than just preschool age. And it's quite unusual, you know, to have this time where we can sleep in in the mornings if we want, we can listen to a podcast together. Just, I think if any advice is just to sort of relax a bit into it and to trust what you know you all like, like you're a family. They came out of you. Like they're not that different from you. And I think that if you force any, any kind of edu- ed- education that's forced is, not, is never going to work, like there's friction there. So for me it just helped to, to sort of sit down and um, think about what my kids are actually into. And I feel extremely thankful and lucky that my parents let me follow exactly what I was into from a young age. And I was a pretty bossy, forthright kid, and I knew what I was into. But it, it helped that they they never stood in my path. And if anything, they encouraged me um, with whatever I chose. And so for me, it's just helped to sit back and think, well, what am I kids into and it might not be what I'm into but I can always support in whatever creative way I can think of what they're into and it's really lovely to sort of have spent the last few weeks watching them um, flourish in that way and follow their things and actually iron out a few difficulties that we had before because we were quite fragmented you know there was a lot of picking thing picking up and dropping off and going to swimming and you know, I was stressed out and over-caffeinated or hungover or whatever. And there's a lot less of that because, you know, we're not going out of the house basically or we're just going out for a walk every day. And when we walk together, we talk about what we're thinking. And, yeah, I feel like it's just focusing on the positive things rather than the negative things. And it is is—it is hard. It's really – you do feel a bit – trapped. I feel a bit trapped. But at the same time – it's really helped me to just when I'm feeling a bit trapped just to turn to my work and I've been writing a lot more which is weird but writing daily and um, I wasn't doing that before and just making as an outlet which is helpful and makes you appreciate what your practice is actually for
1: and that's it for this second edition of Far Away So Close. We'll be regularly following up one aspect of COVID-19 in the arts over the coming weeks, and you can keep up to date with new episodes via iTunes and Spotify and through our Guide Australia online.